This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromwell. This is the second edition of our Dash to the Draft Marathon this week, which will bring you seven new episodes in eight days. And today, we continue with our divisional draft previews with a trip to the AFC North. And to help us break down the draft plans of the Browns, Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers, it is a pleasure to welcome Jeff Risden to the program for the very first time. Jeff covers the NFL draft for RealGM.com and is also the managing editor for USA Today's Browns and Texans fan sites, the Brownswire.com and the Texanswire.com, respectively. And that's not all. You can also catch Jeff on ESPN Radio 96.1 FM in Western Michigan. It's a pleasure to have you here, Jeff. How you doing? It's great to be with you. I, I'm sorry I wear so many hats that you have to give me such a long intro, but I appreciate you, you having me on. Versatility brings flexibility, man. That's all there is to it, and it's better to be versatile than not. That's right. Totally is. And without further ado, let's talk about the team at the top of the draft and the team arguably making the most noise over these past uh, 24, 48 hours, and that is the Cleveland Browns. And despite all of this Josh Allen buzz that's rapidly growing by the day, I personally remain extremely confident that the Browns will select Sam Darnold with the first overall pick. However, what they do at four overall remains somewhat of a mystery. In recent weeks and days, insider friends of mine have been telling me that the Browns will not trade down from the fourth pick if Bradley Chubb is available. However, you reported over the weekend that based on conversations with multiple sources in the know, you think that it's more likely that the Browns will trade down from four. What specific evidence do you have from those conversations that make you feel this way at this particular time? You know, I think they feel like they're going to be able to get a lot in return and not have to fall back very far. Instead of going like last year when, when they, they fell from, what was it, 12 to 24? 25, yeah. Yeah, 25 for, in the Deshaun Watson deal for Houston. They're not going to have to fall back there. They're going to have to fall back to six or possibly as, as far maybe as 12. But it sounds like they're going to get suitors for that pick that are in the, the six to 10 range to move up. And it might not necessarily be for a quarterback, but if they get that and can add in an, an another second-round pick or recoup the third-round pick that they traded away for, for Tyrod Taylor, I, I think they're gonna, definitely going to look at that. Their presumption, and, and I think this is probably a fair one, is that four of the first five picks will be quarterbacks. And they're taking one at one, um, be it Sam Darnold. And I agree with you. I, I still think Sam Darnold's the pick. Although there's a lot of people who uh, who are very well connected who are just, who are leaning the Josh Allen way. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, regardless, one of the quarterbacks will go there. They're going to have Darnold uh, or Allen go two or three. I think Josh Rosen fits in there, and that leaves Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, a uh, whole number of options at number four. There are some people who will still put uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward in there. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that, but there's a lot of options there, and I think the Browns feel that they can get the same sort of player at 7 to 10 that they could at number 4, uh, just based on the way that the board is going to fall for them. And if they can do that and, and get that third-round pick back in, as a, as you know, in return, I, I think they will pull that trigger. Yes, and I heard murmurs yesterday that the Bills offered a package to the Colts to move up to 6, and so that could be... Uh, one strong possibility 
for the Browns to trade back with if Buffalo indeed makes that move. But you said it might not necessarily be a team trading up for a quarterback. Like, what other teams do you think could be eyeing for? Like, I hear the Bears love Quentin Nelson so much, and having his uh, former college coach, Harry he stand on their staff, uh, they might try to make a move up for him, I've, been, I, I've heard, since January. Yeah, and I, th- I think there will be some activity towards Saquon Barkley, um, although I don't necessarily agree with the take that he is the greatest running back prospect since, since Jim Brown, um, which I actually heard on a radio show today. Uh, um, he is he is definitely good, and I think uh, that is going to be attractive even in a deep running back draft class. I do think that his versatility is something that, that attracts a lot of teams and will get something. If he's falling a little bit, I think a team that that's picking in the early you know teens, possibly the Baltimore Ravens, possibly the Arizona Cardinals, if if they're not secure with David Johnson being healthy, can make that sort of move up. Not saying that they will, but I think that it's that's something that could be considered. It's a terrible offensive tackle class, and if somebody really wants to make sure that they get the one guy who can probably play next year, and that's Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame, that could be an, an option too because uh, there's a huge gulf. Uh, and, and it's not just me that thinks this. I, I know NFL evaluators think there's a huge gulf between what Mike McGlinchey can do for you next year and what a guy like Colton Miller or, or some of the uh, uh, Brian O'Neill gets talked up for some apparent reason. Uh, the guy out of Pittsburgh, those guys are not ready to play. Uh, McGlinchey is ready to play. He's ready to roll out of the box. And if you're an, a team that needs an offensive lineman, if you think that a tackle is, is the biggest thing that you need, um, that will be attractive and you'll want to get up for him. So I think there could be a market on that based on the scarcity of the position. Very interesting, and that meshes up with what Gil Brandt told Peter King uh, this week in his Monday column, that he expects that the biggest surprise of the draft will be Mike McGlinchey in the top 10. So the fact that he could go four is something to definitely keep in mind, y'all. And now uh, let's talk about what an ideal four-round haul for the Browns looks like, assuming they stay put. Let's say they give them Sam Darnold at one. Let's say they stay at four. Who do they take it for? I would like to see them take Chubb, myself. Uh, I love the idea of having the the bookend pass rushers. I think both uh, Emmanuel Ogba and Miles Garrett have the ability to kick inside on on rushdowns. Uh, you don't necessarily have to overwhelm Chubb right away. He can come in. He can play a, a, as a, a pass rush specialist. He does have enough flexibility, I think, to play off the ball a little bit. I think Ogba can play the the under tackle in that in that four three defense for for Greg Williams, sort of the attack dog. Uh, the way that Aaron Donald did. I think there's a whole lot of possibilities that you can do with that. Uh, I, I know that the trend in the NFL is to have guys who can rush from multiple angles from all over the field. Houston Texans do that very well with with their with Clowney and Watt and, and Merciless. The Giants did a very good job of that a few years ago, and I think that's something that's very appealing to the Browns, and I think that, that would be the pick I would make, and I know they have considered that possibility. Will they do it? We'll, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. We most certainly will. So we've given them Sam Darnold and Bradley Chubb. And their first of three second-round picks comes at 33 overall. You've got Sam Darnold. You've added juice to your pass rush. Now do you give your young quarterback another playmaker, or do you add another offensive tackle to potentially succeed the recently retired and future Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas? You know, I I would love to say that I could get a tackle there, but I'm not sure that that guy is there at, at that point, a guy who can play right away. It would be great if we could. But uh, I think an offensive or uh, I'm sorry, a a wide receiver, a a better weapon there is someone to consider. And I actually go a little bit off the reservation here. The guy that I would really like is Mike Gesicki, who is listed as a tight end at Penn State. But if you've watched him play, he is a receiver. He just happens to be really big and built like a tight end. 
but he runs like a receiver. He plays like a receiver. I would love to have him as my my big deep threat outside receiver. He can do that. Sort of strip away the the trappings of the tight end position. If you're asking him to block, you're you're doing it wrong. Uh, so I, I think there are enough creative minds around that will see that 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 he would be my pick there. Even though they did take a quote unquote tight end in Njoku, who is kind of similar to that last year, they did seem to use him more in line and and more as an, in a traditional tight end role. I think Gesicki can play that outside receiver role, and he's better at that than the wide receiver prospects that would be there. Oh, interesting take. Uh, Jasicki did test amazingly well at the Combine, and he looked very good at the Senior Bowl, and uh, his stock is apparently climbing indeed. And two picks later, it's the second-round pick that they also got from the Houston Texans last year at 35 overall. Uh, you got your playmaker, your quarterback of the future, and your pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett. I think corner would make a lot of sense here. There should be some good corners available. Yeah, and the guy that I really like is uh, is Carlton Davis out of Auburn because he's big. One of the things that you notice when you watch the Browns is that they they have, uh, especially a Brian Body Calhoun in the slot is a good one, uh, and they added a couple of guys in free agency that are going to help. They still need size, and Carlton Davis brings size. He's he's sort of a physical clone of Xavier Rhodes, who's now in Minnesota. Uh, not quite as fast as him, and his his long speed does worry me a little bit. But this is a guy he can play the press. He can play a little bit of off man. He can play the zone. He's a beast against the run. Big physical guy, going to be able to match up with the, the bigger, more physical receivers. That's something that the Browns have struggled with in, in recent years. Um, if, if you're replacing Jamar Taylor in all, in, for all <laughs> intents and purposes with Carlton Davis, you've gotten a whole lot better. And I, I, I like that pick a lot, the guy from Auburn. Yeah, so we've upgraded the secondary, added juice of the pass rush, got a franchise quarterback and a playmaker in Mike Jasicki, and now at 64 overall in the pick that they got from the Eagles in the Carson Wentz trade, you can go many different ways here. What would you prefer the Browns to do here? You know, there there are a lot of different things that you can do with this one. I'm going to go at this point, I'm going to roll the dice on the offensive tackle here because I don't have a, a third round pick. And the problem here is is that a lot of the guys who are available here are only going to be right tackles. But I actually like a guy uh, in Martinez Rankin who is is actually some people project him as to being a center. And that does give me flashbacks to Cam Irving, which is just not happy times. But uh, I, I think he can play left tackle in the NFL and I think he can at least piece it together enough. If he doesn't, they can move him to left guard and Joel Batonio can slide out there. I think Batonio would make an excellent left tackle. I don't know if the Browns have considered that possibility yet. I would assume that they have. So I'm going to go with uh, the the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, Martinez Rankin. Yes, and Martinez Rankin would be excellent value there, I believe. And last but not least, uh, at pick 114 overall, their lone fourth-round pick. Um, where do you think they should go there? You know, at that point, I think you have to look at your running back, and I think there's a, a bunch of good sort of early day three running backs. The guy that I like is Royce Freeman from Oregon. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of carries, uh, a lot of tread off of his tires. He had over 1,100 touches in college, but he's a big guy. He, he he can sort of do the things that Isaiah Crowell did well. He can do the things that that newcomer Carlos Hyde does. I think he offers quite a bit in the passing game. He, he I think we sort of forgot about him. It, it, you know, a couple of years ago, if you would have said that I could have gotten Royce Freeman in the middle of the fourth round, you would have said I was nuts. He's he's a first round talent. Just because all these other guys have come on and surpassed him doesn't mean that he's lost his ability to play. So I'd I'd take him there. And from the northern part of the state of Ohio to the southern part of the state of Ohio, 
we now focus on the Cincinnati Bengals. And when you look at this Bengals team, in my opinion, this is still a pretty stacked roster with a lot of burgeoning young talent. But offensive line remains their biggest area of concern, even after the acquisition of Cordy Glenn and that trade with the Bills that gave the Bengals the 21st overall pick, which is where they sit right now. But after offensive line, what would you say their next biggest position of need is? You know, they, they have to, to think about quarterback with A.J. McCarron gone. Andy Dalton is sort of QB purgatory, and I say that as somebody who generally likes him. They are an interesting team. I, I can see them adding an edge rusher. I think a, a, a bolstering their pass rush would be good, even though they have a ton of cornerbacks that they've used in, you know, draft capital upon. I still think they could use another one of those. But, man, center, guard, I'd take another tackle just to be safe throughout their draft. That, that That's where I'm looking. Yes, and now let's discuss a potential ideal four-round haul for the Bengals. And with the 21st overall pick, a guy who I've been mocking to them quite regularly is Will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP. And Hernandez, I think, would be more than a worthy successor to Kevin Zeitler, who they sorely missed last year at that right guard uh, position. Is there any other names you could think of that might be better options for them at 21? Yeah, he fits there. Uh, I like Isaiah Wynn uh, from Georgia, who played left tackle but also played guard earlier in his career. I think he's a little bit higher end than Hernandez. I certainly consider him there. Uh, I like Austin Corbett from Nevada. This is way too high to be taking him. I personally think he's that good, but he's not going to go that high. But there's another guy that I would consider. If they can somehow, if it doesn't seem like this will happen, but if if McGlinchey happens to fall, that this would certainly be the, the place to take him. I would look at if there are edge rushers, if Harold Landry has somehow fallen, which I doubt. I don't think he gets past Detroit at 20. If a guy like Marcus Davenport, who has a whole lot of upside, uh, if not Im- immediate help, I think he's a guy that they have to consider too. But uh, I'm I'm actually okay with the Will Hernandez thing there. The If there's a center, see, the problem is that the best center in the draft is, is Billy Price. He's going to miss his rookie year. I don't think he can use a first-round pick on that. Uh, that's unfortunate. So, uh, you know, I'm okay with Hernandez on that. I'm with you there. Yeah, so let's give them Will Hernandez at 21 and at 46 overall. Where do you think they should go? That's the area where you can get interior linemen also. Uh, and I'm taking the center from Arkansas, Frank Ragnow, there. I think that's the sweet spot for him. Uh, this is a guy who who doesn't get enough publicity because he was injured last year, had a bad ankle injury, still wasn't ready to go. If he is healthy, he's a lot better than this pick. Uh, and he's a guy who can start and, and erase the stain of Russell Bodine because uh, that needs to happen. Oh, that would most definitely be an automatic upgrade from Russell Bodine. And the Bengals did a double dip on tackles in the 2015 draft, and they could very well do the same on interior linemen in this very deep and talented interior offensive line class. So we've given them Will Hernandez, their center of the future in Frank Ragnow. Round three at 77 overall. Uh, is this where they think about Andy Dalton's backup? Uh, if Kyle Lalletta from Richmond is there, I absolutely will pull the trigger. Uh, since we're doing a little mock for ourselves, let's let's make him the pick there. Uh, why not? <laughs> absolutely. So we've given them Kyle Lalletta, Will Hernandez, and Frank Ragnow, and their compensatory third-round selection at 100 overall. I like to use compensatory picks to, as sort of lottery tickets and, and take it on guys who maybe don't get enough publicity or are from small schools or just don't seem to get the their just due. The guy that I really like is Isaac Yadam from the cornerback from Boston College. I think he's I think he fits their defensive system well. I think he's horribly underrated. I, I have him in my 50 overall range. Uh, if I can get him here, that'd be great. And I, I, I like that fit a lot. Obviously, with, with Pac-Man Jones 
essentially moving on and 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 they can use a, a bolster of talent there and i think yadam uh, can, can help them quite a bit oh yadam is an amazing talent and boston college has been quietly churning out some quality defensive backs these past couple years justin simmons in 2016 to the broncos and john johnson the fourth to the rams in last year's draft and last but not least pick 112 overall in round four there i i'm looking at at the wide receiving core that might be available in that range uh guys like michael gallup i'm trying to think uh who else would be there? Uh, if Deshaun Hamilton is there, the 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 slot receiver from Penn State, I think he'd be an excellent fit. Uh, somebody who can work the middle of the field. Tyler Boyd gets pigeonholed there for them. I don't think he's very good at it. So I think they could upgrade with a guy like Deshaun Hamilton. That was exactly the name I thought of. Deshaun Hamilton was one of my big standouts at the well, Senior Bowl. <laughs> so good minds think alike. And now from the Bengals to the old Browns, and that's obviously the Baltimore Ravens. And it was reported in that Monday column by Peter King that I referenced previously that the Ravens are likely, likely to take a quarterback in the first round if one is available at 16 or falls in within range. And for the sake of being hypothetical, let's assume that quarterback is Lamar Jackson. And there was also a report by Jason Lock and Forrest CBS that the Raiders are a team at 10 overall that are looking to trade down. And uh, there's increasing buzz that Lamar Jackson could be a top 15 pick when all is said and done. So if there is a a race for Lamar Jackson, and let's say the Bills do stay put at 12, uh, how far should the Ravens be willing to trade up if that's the case? You know, if you look at the teams that are between them, uh, you got Washington. They just got their quarterback. Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. They just traded for uh, for Deshaun Kaiser for some unknown reason. Arizona is the problem. They're picking at 15. They're one spot ahead of them. They can use a quarterback, too. They, all of their quarterbacks from last year are gone. They, they are sort of in the same spot. So if you need to move up, you can move up to 14 to Green Bay, but you, you'd better move up to 12 just to be safe because the Cardinals have shown the ability to be aggressive in the past. Uh, they've made they've made several big moves in, in the draft in, in, in recent years. So uh, if you can get up to 10 uh, with Oakland, that, that would be optimal. If you, if you think that Lamar Jackson is the guy that you want, I'd posit this, though. I think there's another first-round quarterback – who fits with what Joe Flacco is like and does, and that's Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. I don't think he gets talked up enough as a potential first-rounder. I would agree that this is way too high for him, but strange things happen with quarterbacks in drafts. We see it all the time. It wouldn't shock me if he would wind up being their pick here. Oh, that's very interesting. There was has been a lot of Mason Rudolph buzz. I've been hearing Mason Rudolph buzz since last Friday of him going in the first round. Heck, some people think he might even go higher than Lamar Jackson. So that's definitely a name to watch out for if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. And now let's discuss what an ideal four-round haul for the Baltimore Ravens would look like. And let's say they say stay put at 16. And if they don't go quarterback, where do you think they go? If they don't go quarterback, I, I think they, they are another team that is in need of edge rush talent, and I think the, the sweet spot for them is Marcus Davenport right here. I think this is the range where he really fits in. Terrell Suggs cannot keep playing forever, despite what he's shown. I think he's a natural replacement for him, a guy who can groom under him for a year, and, and you can get a guy who has incredible physical upside, if not all that much ready NFL readiness right now. He's raw. It's interesting that that he got talked up so much to the Senior Bowl, and a, a lot of the people who I talked to who were down at the Senior Bowl this year said that he didn't win a rep. It's fascinating, the balance between upside and what he can actually accomplish now. The Ravens have done a pretty good job of finding those guys and developing them uh, in recent times, and so I, I think he would be the pick. 
All right, so we'll give them Marcus Davenport at 16. And in round two at 52 overall, I think you got to be thinking quarterback here if one you like is there. Yeah, and, and I see a lot of mocks where, where Rudolph is still available in this range, and I just don't buy it. And, I, and I'm not crazy about Mike White. I, don't, I think this is too high for Laletta. It's sort of an odd range to be in. If, if Rudolph is still there for some reason, I think he has to be the pick. They do have some other needs, though. That I, I would love to see them get a, a standout inside linebacker. Uh, I, I think uh, the, 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 the young guy who had to retire unfortunately, um, is somebody that they need to replace. They can use they can always use cornerbacks there. They could use a playmaking safety who, who can help Anthony Weddle and Tony Jefferson, uh, both of whom, um, well, Jefferson's still got some years, but but Weddle is is older than you think he is. So if you can get a guy who can play in that three safety look or also you know maybe move up and be a hybrid corner safety. Uh, and there are some guys in in this range who can do that. Um, I, I think if Jair Alexander, the, the cornerback from from Louisville is somehow still around. I think he's a guy that you look at. Terrell Edmonds, the the safety from from Virginia Tech, is a guy that can can fit in there. But uh, where are you looking at with it if they can't go quarterback? Corner would definitely make a lot of sense, and I personally do not see Jair Alexander sneaking out of the first round. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> um, some other guys like uh, a guy like Isaiah Oliver. Isaiah I Oliver, are, absolutely. Yeah, make probably a lot goes of sense to this here. range. Uh, well, let's make him the pick. I think. Th- I think this is a little low for him, but uh, you know, if, if the offensive lineman bubble up, I think he could still be available here. Oh, totally. So we've given them Marcus Davenport and Isaiah Oliver. And keep in mind, Eric DaCosta, who is about to become the Ravens GM after the 2018 season when Ozzie Newsom steps down, he says that there are eight or nine quarterbacks in this class that can have solid careers. And chances are one of them could very well be available at 83 overall. Yeah, and, and again, we we already you know sort of mocked Laletta, so unfortunately we we're not going to use him here. <laughs> yeah, I do think that there are some people who like Mike White quite a bit, and I think that's that's probably a little early for him. But if you need your quarterback, there is a drop off after him. So I think Mike White from Western Kentucky is a guy who can fit there. He he does get talked up. There's a certain segment of draft media who really like him. Uh, I don't happen to be in that group, but I I, I get where they're coming from, and there is a, a definite tier, uh, and he is above the next tier up, so I, I'd make him the pick there. Yeah, so Mike White, Isaiah Oliver, and Marcus Davenport, last but not least, 118 overall in round four. I'm looking at, at, at bolstering the lines there a little bit, and, and if a guy like Jamarco Jones is still available, it's probably a little late for him. Tackle. They have done, a, again, a good job in, in finding younger, small school guys. Yeah, like Alex Kappa makes a lot of sense to me here. Coming from the, the D2 level Humboldt State, just looked really good in senior bowl practice from what I gather. He is not a good athlete, but is, is a pretty good, darn good blocker. I think he's still finishing his three-cone drill at the Combine as we speak. But uh, th- there's a lot to like about him. He can play guard. He can play center. Got a very good attitude. He has great hair, which is a, a good thing for me. Um, I, I like the guys with the hair. Uh, so I, I'll make him the pick here. And that is the second time this episode that I thought of a player that you've mentioned in the exact same spot. We've talked up uh, Deshaun <laughs> Hamilton for the Bagels and now big Alex Kappa of Humboldt State to the Ravens, man. Good minds think alike, man. It's a, it's a blessing having you on. And now, last but not least, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And since the career of Ryan Chazier is in question, linebacker is arguably the Steelers' greatest need and a name they have been linked to constantly throughout the draft process, at least these this past month or so, is Boise State's Leeton Vanderesh. 
if the Steelers feel that strongly about him as a long-term fixture on their defense? Is he worth trading up, say, six spots to nab if need be? God, I would hope not. I don't see it in him, uh, <laughs> to be blunt. Uh, I, and he, I think he's going to go. Uh, there's When I came out of the combine, I was convinced that he was going to Green Bay. And I've heard very little to dissuade me from that opinion. I know Tony Pauline shared that thought. Uh, I, I believe we actually wound up talking to the same person. I can't confirm that. but uh, I, So I, I think you'd have to move way up, and I don't think that's something that the Steelers are in the market to do. So they're going to have to look at a guy like Rashawn Evans out of Alabama if they want to go linebacker there. He he makes some sense. Roquan Smith would be fantastic. He's not going to be there. That's unfortunate because he he's he would be so perfect in that system. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Rashawn Evans there because they do ha- absolutely have to replace Shazier. That is a linebacker-centric defense, and they need some. <laughs> totally. So Rashawn Evans at 28 and in round two with the 60th overall pick. Uh, now we're getting down into the range. See, it's weird having them pick um, where they are because it seems like they're going to miss out on the guys, the range of guys that, that work they by like 10 to 15 picks in just about every round. It's an odd mix there that they have between their needs and the players that are that figure to be available when they're picking. Uh, one of the guys that I like for them here is a guy like Trenton Thompson, uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia. They have a good line, yes, but they are not a team that's shy about that. But I'll tell you the guy that I'm going to give them is, is Nathan Shepard, uh, a guy who, out of Fort Hayes State, defensive tackle. He is a monster. I love this kid. I think he's a first-round talent. I do think he's going to be available at this range, though, because I think just coming from the D2 level, uh, and he he is a little bit older. He's also a little bit inexperienced in football. But, man, they found Javon Hargrave uh, in this range. If you can put Nathan Shepard next to him, you've got a wrecking crew on the inside. So Nathan Shepard's the pick. Oh, Nathan Shepard. He is one fantastic player. And last but not least, uh, they don't have a fourth round pick due to the Vance McDonald trade last year. So at 92 overall in <laughs> round three. Good that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vance McDonald. Uh, good guy. <laughs> I got to watch him a lot in Rice when I when I lived in Houston. So <laughs> I, I have a little bit of an affinity for, affinity for him. But, uh, yeah, he's not that good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm here, I'm looking at in this running back draft – getting Le'Veon Bell's replacement. And this is this is an area where you can get Rashad Penny. Uh, Nick Chubb might be available. We, we talked about Royce Freeman a little bit earlier. I'm, if Nick Chubb is there, I've got to take him here. And, and for our purposes, we'll make him available. So I, I, I take Nick Chubb, the fantastic phenom running back from Georgia, who's getting back to that after that devastating knee injury. Still has that high upside. He gets a little bit lost in the shuffle in this draft with all the big names, but uh, he, he's a good one too. Plus, Nick Chubb is a tailor-made Pittsburgh Steeler. Jeff Risden, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and donating your insights and the buzz you are hearing as we uh, rapidly approach this 2018 NFL Draft. Follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Risden. Catch his work at thebrownswire.com, thetexanswire.com, ESPN Radio in Western Michigan, and realgm.com. Jeff, hope to have you on the program again in the very near future. It's been a real treat having you on. Hey, thanks so much. My pleasure for being on with you. 
Pleasure was all ours, Jeff. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Stay tuned for the remainder of our division-by-division draft previews and a lot more draft-related content in these next several weeks, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including our 100th episode special with longtime NFL scout Greg Gabriel, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with AK. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jeff, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Jeff Risden, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as always, stay awesome. Stay awesome.